Blog Talk Radio. about last week's game with Virginia Tech. The Hokies came out to a strong lead to go into the halftime. They looked like they were completely in control of 14-7. They had everything going for them. Their offense was clicking. Ryan Willis, their quarterback, he looked like a, a you know an all-ACC quarterback throwing for over 75% against the Eagles. But to the Eagles' credit, they went into the uh, it went into halftime. Oh, I think I got Eric. Hold on. Eric, you there? Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Second time they disconnected me when the show started. Oh, jeez. Hello. Hello. All right. So we're talking about Virginia Tech, and we're talking about last week's game, and, and um, looking at where BC kind of picked it up in that second half. Um, what you saw was the defense, all of a sudden, the defense that was getting shredded on, you know, dump-offs to halfback and slants and those small things, they all of a sudden turned it up. Eric, what differences did you see in the defense for BC football last week against uh, Virginia Tech? Can you hear me, AJ? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Blog Talk Radio uh, disconnected me the first time, but we're back now. All right. Um, well... Um, so I was asking you, what what differences did you see in the defense uh, the first and second half last week against Virginia Tech? Well, I mean, uh, really uh, across the board, uh, the defense the defense played better, and I I think kind of the biggest thing for me is uh, just the resiliency of the team. Like, there's so many times in the past in that spot where if BC was down the half. You know, you knew they just wouldn't really come back in the second half. Um, and this team has been down so many times this year, and whether it's in the first half or the second half, they've come back to win. It's like it's really like nothing we've ever seen under Adazio. I mean, we, we all know Adazio. I, I, I forget what his record is, but coming in this year, it was, uh, it was really pitiful, his win-loss record when the team was losing at halftime. And this was one where uh, BC was down at the half. They turned around, came back, and won the game. And on the flip side, uh, I believe Justin Fuentes of Virginia Tech was uh, – I, I don't know if it was overall or when he plays at home, he was undefeated when leading at halftime, and that was the first time um, he lost in that situation. So 
Um, it, it was really, uh, even though Virginia Tech is pretty average this year, it was really an impressive win just considering the spot with uh, the magnitude of the Clemson game waiting on deck. Yeah, you talk about resilience. I think that the biggest tip of the cap in terms of resilience has to be Anthony Brown. He looked completely lost that first half. I mean, he was bobbling snaps. He was mismanaging option reads. He at least once or twice, twice tripped over his own feet. Um, And he just looked completely, you know, discombobulated. He just had a really tough first half. You know, you looked on Twitter, you saw a lot of fans saying, oh, they should bench him, whatever. To his credit, he, you know, he stuck in there in that second half. You know, he made some big plays. I think obviously the big pass at the end to Tommy Sweeney to basically seal the game was a big one. And I think that's credit to the coaches balls for for calling that play on first down when all they had to do was run out the clock. Um, But I thought, I thought Anthony Brown, you know, I was really impressed with what, you know, his resilience in that game. Cause you know, he, he looked that he, he did not look, like an ACC quarterback that first half, but by the second half, he started making some plays. What did you think of his game, Eric? Of whose game? Anthony Brown. Oh, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of like we've we've seen all, all year from him, and it, it's it's funny, like it it, uh, it feels like he kind of goes through a tale of two halves, but you never know which half he's he's going to play better in. Um, you know, the, the first half, I thought he missed some throws. He struggled making some reads. Um, and then in the second half, he kind of turned things around, and, and obviously the end result was the offense was a lot more successful. Um, you know, you kind of <laughs> just pray that this Saturday he can, he can put it together for the whole game and put together a game like he did against Wake or something because uh, – I don't know if this tale of two halves kind of performance by Brown um, is going to get the job done, but um, what were your overall impressions of him? So I, I, I think you might have not heard me, so I kind of talked a little bit about him already. Um, I don't know. If the, I hope Hopefully the reception's going through on this. I, I'm, again, recording in the car. Um, but, you know, where I was talking about Brown and his play, you're totally right, though. If he can't put together two, cor- uh, two halves like he – you know, hasn't shown us in the past. Um, I worry about Clemson because obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to put it. You know, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to take off a half. Um, but you know, I, you look around the the team. Um, I've been doing, if you haven't checked out on East uh, BCI, three stars of the game. It seems like every game there's different guys that step up and make big plays. This week it was, you know, it was Coab and Drizzy and Tommy Sweeney. Uh, not Tommy Sweeney, uh, Travis Levy, and, you know, some guys on defense. Santa Carafa had a big game. Brandon Sebastian had a big game. You know, you're seeing these guys uh, stepping up. You know, it seems like it's a team effort. Are we finally seeing a team that's really, really buying into Steve Adazio's system and the way he coaches? Um, I think they do, but I don't know if that's a new thing. I mean, uh, you know, last year uh, when things were looking really bleak, this this team rallied around them, and I think nothing exemplified that more than uh, that video when they clinched the bowl berth and he came to the locker room and they all were jumping around him. So um, I, I don't know. I, I just think I just think really what it comes down to is the talent on this roster is the best it's been in many years, and that's why different guys um, are kind of the leaders every week and uh, 
you know, you have the different starters of the game because there's, there's more guys to choose from now that can actually have a performance like that than the past when there was only a handful of good players on this roster. Um, and and that's, why, that's why I think different guys are popping up. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, the, the BC in college football is nothing like the Patriots and the NFL, obviously, but um, it has that weird feel to it, like when you watch the Patriots and, uh, you know, they have their superstars like Brady that have the good week, but there's always a different guy popping up each week making a big play, and that, that's what BC has going on right now, and it's pretty special. Yeah, you see, and I, was, I wrote about it on BCI this week. Um, every running back, I think, on this roster has had one big game this year. You had David Bailey with a big game against Louisville. You had Ben Glines with a big game against NC State. Dylan had, you know, he's had a bunch of big games. You had uh, Davon Jones in that first game against UMass. I know he's out for a bit, but he had a big game. And now, you, had, you know, you had Travis Levy jump up. So you're right. You know, it's a talent thing. And I think, you know, especially if you look at running backs, I think Adazio has a real talent in picking those types of players out because it's so important in the system. But I think also, you know, the scheme that he's putting together is really highlighting a lot of these guys' strengths, and I think that's great, too. All right, so, you know, talking of, we're going to, you know, Virginia Tech's good to talk about, but there's so much more that we're going to talk about now in terms of this upcoming game, because it's a huge, this has got to be one of the biggest games BC has played in a while. You know, is back at Boston College. Fans are really pumped. It's sold out. I know Martin Jarman tweeted out yesterday that the game is sold out. We haven't had a sellout probably since Notre Dame, what, like 2012, I would have to think. Um, you know, it, they announced college game days coming. They've got extended tailgating hours. There's a whole bunch going on for this game this week. Eric, are you going to have the game? Uh, I will not be, but uh, I'm very jealous of of anyone who can make it, it should be a great experience whether you just come for game day or or the game itself. Um, but I'm 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 very jealous of any of you out there. I'm sure there's many of you uh, that are going on Saturday. It's 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 going to be a great time. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've already been bitching about it on Twitter. I got to go to a <laughs> wedding on Saturday, and I can't get out of it uh, as much as I want to. But hopefully, so it's a you know it's a non-church wedding, so you know it'll be a really quick service, I assume. You know, not, it's not a mass. And then, you know, I'll stay at the reception for a couple hours, and hopefully by 8 o'clock I can sneak off to the bar and watch the game. So, I, I you oh, know, I'm, I'm super – I mean, I've been – obviously, anyone who's followed the blog, I've followed this team for a long time. And this is the game that, you know, it means a ton. And I, I it's, it sucks. I can't get there. But anyway, uh, we're, you know, we're in, com- in uh, coming into Alumni Stadium, we've got the Clemson Tigers. And this team is—they're legit. They're—they're they're dangerous on all sides of the ball. Now, Eric, when you're looking at a Clemson team, a team that's you know packed with future NFLers on both sides of the ball, what what matchup concerns you most? Uh, you know, facing a, facing a team like Boston College. What? Where do you think the biggest concern lies on for Saturday's game? Um. I mean, there's a lot, it depends what side of the ball you're talking about, but I'll, I'll start with the Clemson offense. And, you know, we, we hear so much about their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, rightfully so, but 
Uh, one thing that stood out to me is their running game and, and how many different guys they can throw at you. And uh, this, this team is averaging yards per game. They're only behind Georgia Tech rushing the ball in the ACC. And, you know, you hear that and you might say, ah, well, they're always ahead. Obviously, they run it a lot. But uh, on top of that, they actually lead the ACC with 6.9 yards per attempt, which is just an incredible number, obviously. And that does concern me, um, you know, with, with the B.C. linebackers. I mean, they, the B.C. linebacking core is a tough, hard-nosed group, but um, maybe maybe not the quickest group uh, laterally, we'll say, uh, moving sideline to sideline. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm kind of waiting for – an opponent to expose that part of the game a little bit, and I, I think Clemson is, is one that can do that. Um, but when I go to the other side of the ball, the Clemson defense, for me it, it starts and ends with their D-line. Uh, I, I said this in our banter article that's up on BCI right now, but for any of that go to the game and sit close, like just take a look at those Clemson D-linemen. I mean, all four of them, and even, even the guys that bring off the bench, they look like NFL D-linemen. And, you know, that's the biggest difference between Clemson and all the other teams out there. Like, every team out there has some playmakers on offense and some, some good players. And But what Clemson does is every year they, they wheel out these NFL D-linemen, and there's no other team. Maybe Miami comes close, but other than that, there's no team that just puts four NFL D linemen on the field like they do and just controls the game, and that's that's what scares me. Is, is uh, you know this BC offensive line? They played great all year, but they've never played anything like this. And uh, I, I guess I'm curiously pessimistic if if the BCO line can uh, hold their own against this Clemson D line this week. And if they can't, I wouldn't even get on them because. This, Clemson D-line is just so unbelievable. So um, I'd like to flip it around to you, AJ. Uh, you've seen Clemson a few times this year. I right know what what do you see when you watch Clemson that concerns you for the game this week? I think Travis Etienne is my biggest concern going into this game, especially on the offense. Um, you know, we've seen a lot lesser lot lesser running backs thrash BC's uh, you know defense at different points this year. You saw that running back for Wake Forest, uh, Carney, really kind of t- tear them apart. He, I mean, he's not even that good, and he was running for big pieces. Now, ETN, he hits that second gear, and he's going to be running past Lucas uh, Lucas Dennis and, and anyone who tries to make arm tackles on him. Um, and I worry about explosive plays there. I think BC's done a really nice job this year in terms of preventing explosive plays, especially re- recently. You haven't seen as much of that. Uh, they've made teams march down the field um, and, and beat them you know, every single play. I just think Clemson's weapons are so explosive that any mistake that BC makes, they're going to put up seven points on it. So on that side of the ball, I'm really worried about a guy like ETN or T Higgins. T Higgins is also a great wide receiver um, who makes big plays. And, you know, you see these types of players um, and I I worry about BC's BC's defense that way. On the defensive side of the ball, I got to agree with you. I don't know how anyone can not talk about that defensive line, but how big of a story would it be, man, if that, if, you know, Adazio for six years has talked about how important his offensive line is and that he wants to build a big group of guys that are, are dudes, or they're hard-nosed or whatever, you know, terms he uses for them. How big of a game would it be, you know, if, if BC's offensive line actually holds their own against 
you know, uh, Clellan and, and, and Wilkins and all those other guys up there. That would be something to talk about, huh? Uh, if that if that happens, uh, we, we could be talking about BC and the ACC championship and maybe beyond that because uh, that, that means they're controlling the clock, they're controlling the pace of the game, and uh, wow, that – that that would be something, but uh, hey, I'm. I, I think I think there's a small chance they could. I mean, they, the BCO line has played great this year. You know, which can be exemplified by the different running backs on the BC roster that have su- had success when Dylan's been down. I mean, that's a direct result of the whole line playing good. So we'll see if uh, we'll see what they got in them on Saturday. I, I, it's a tall order, but hey, there is a uh, there is a puncher's chance at least that they can do this. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're looking, you know, obviously Clemson's a huge favorite. And if you see tomorrow's final thoughts and predictions, guys, take the predictions with a grain of salt, okay? I was having a little fun with it. I mean, do I really think what I picked? I don't know. But let's look at – got have to read the article before you can actually see it, uh, before I talk about it. So I'm not going to give you away what I said. But, you know – BC's got a huge uphill battle. There's only two teams in this entire country. I, I can't see anyone other than, you know, Clemson and Alabama that really have a shot at the title. And so BC's got to play a perfect game. I think if you're looking at it, we, we talked about him earlier, the the difference between, you know, staying in this game and possibly pulling off an upset and losing or getting hammered, it's got to be the play of Anthony Brown, right? I mean, he's the he's the X factor. I mean, you have a certain uh, you have a certain confidence that many of the guys will rise to the occasion, and you know the guys who the guys who have mostly brought it every week, the Zach Allen's, the uh, AJ Dillon's of the world, Chris Lindstrom, and so on. Um, Brown's the wild card because his his floor of all the players on the team, he might have the lowest floor and one of the highest ceilings of his performance. So um, he, he is the wild card. And I think, I think he's, he's the difference between, you know, BC keeping this close and being in it in the fourth quarter or BC just getting their doors blown off this weekend, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, if he, I imagine Adazio sees that defensive line and goes, I can't run. A.J. Dillon slash Levy or whatever 40 to 50 times and expect to win this game. He's going to have to pass it. Um, and I yeah, think we're going to have to... Sorry, sorry. No, I was just saying, I, I think you can read about it in more detail in our uh, banter article, but we both referenced games, you know, we both looked at games that Clemson's lost the last two years, and um, we each had an example, and both games... Uh, Syracuse last year, and they didn't lose to Texas A&M this year, but it was their closest game they almost lost um, next to Syracuse again, actually. But um, in both games, both teams kept their offense pedal to the metal, put up over 500 yards of offense, um, put up a lot of points. That that's the key, you know. I, I know, I know. In years past, when BC's had a lesser roster. Um, Adazio's game plan has been, you know, work the clock, keep the team in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I understand that it made it look better on the scoreboard, you know, only losing by 10 instead of 35 or something. But uh, you'd hope you'd hope that 
you know, this is the year he goes for it. He says, he says, you know, we're we're gonna go balls to the wall and try and win this um, because, you know, the ball the ball control. If if they try for it this year, you know, I, I think it's just gonna be what we've seen in prior years where you're watching the game and you're like, man, it's close, but. This team is so much better than BC, and then Clemson just pulls away in the fourth quarter. And I think that's what happens if they try and go the ball control route. But um, you know, I don't know if you want to expand on that at all. But I know you had yeah. similar thoughts uh, in our banter article. So yeah, I had some thoughts. I mean, my biggest concern, I think, what BC does really well on offense in terms of passing the ball is they get defenses to commit to to stopping the run, obviously, and stacking the box, and then they can. By doing that, they're able to kind of, you know, peel out tight ends and, and other wide receivers for short passes, you know, really keeping control with those play actions. Um, what worries me is Clemson's defensive front is so strong, I don't even know if they need to stack the box with those guys. They can, you know, leave the linebackers back in coverage or, or blitz or whatever they need to do and really just play balanced defense and let the defensive line just kind of gobble up B.C., I worry that's what's going to happen, but you never know. I mean, I think, you know, I would love USC when we played them in 2014, clearly was not the same team Clemson is here. They're not as, you know, they, they don't, you know, Clemson's got a defense that is as big, if not better than any team that we've seen in years. They're, they're, they're balanced. They've got top end talent. Um, but I want to see BC again, go for that, um, you know, really play balls to the wall, as you said. Pull off all the stops with some gadget plays and, you know, get Jeff, you know, and the great X factor might be a guy like Jeff Smith. Do spend rounds or passes with him. Um, I think those plays work really well, and, you know, they might be able to kind of catch Clemson off guard with some of that. The other piece I really want to see, um, and, you know, he's got his moments where he's hit it, Use the option with the, with Anthony Brown, too. I know we talk about him as an X-factor, but getting him to run the ball, you know, we've seen him a couple times now. We're in front 40, 50 yards because they're all selling out to go after Dylan. So I think that might be something to look at as well. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and you, you hit on it. Um, you know, just just like we've been saying, the ball, the ball control uh, isn't going isn't gonna to cut it. Yep. So, you know, Saturday is going to be a big game. I hope a lot of you guys are going there and you're listening and sharing our, our podcast with others. Um, you know, game day is going to be on campus. I was there in 2000. I'll tell you a quick story. I was there in 2009, last time they were there. I went with a friend of mine who is a diehard Florida fan, and we were playing Florida State. And he was like, I got to go because I just want to hold up signs that are offensive to Florida State. So he had a – I mean, he had – like two signs that were, I'm not going to repeat here because there's probably some sensitive people here. Let's just say it had to do with Indians and, and infected blankets or something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> his signs were taken away within five seconds of walking through the gates. <laughs> and, oh, wow. But, it, you know, it's it's something special. I hope the weather holds up. I know it's going to be cold on Saturday. I hear a low of 30. Um, but, this is a really special moment for Boston College. A lot of us have been, you know, for guys like us, we've written about BC football through some really, really shitty years. God, the last years of this bad in 2012, 2015 with Dazio. You know, this has got to be a big moment. And I hope fans, 
you guys are all there and you're loud and having a good time. Because it, you know, it does. These times don't come all that often for a school like Boston College. Um, it's a really big time um, in our program, and hopefully, we get some sort of momentum out of it. I mean, obviously, a, a win against Clemson that would be a, a program changer. It would be a huge moment for this for the school. But you know, get out there. We're going to be on national television and, and have fun. Um, hopefully, that you know, it's a it's a good event, and, and it sounds like Jarman's got it run well. Yeah, he's on top of everything right now. Yeah, he, you know, he's giving you guys an extra hour tailgating. Yeah, make sure you guys get, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a, a, a parrot, you know, talking, you know, like a mirror for the athletics, but, you know, get to the game on time. You know, he wants everyone in by 8 o'clock. Just get in. He's giving you guys an extra hour. Um, it'll make our school look good for recruits and uh, on national television, you know, if everyone's there packed. Uh, so I guess they're giving away rally towels. Hopefully those look, those look cool on TV. Um, so Eric, do you do you think BC has any chance this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think they do. You know, um, and uh, you know the the X factor that I'm really interested in. And I've I've been too busy to look up, but I'm going to try and look up before Saturday. Is I am curious how often these Clemson players and this team has played in the cold. It's, it's supposed to be a brisk 30 degree night, Saturday night. And, uh, that's, that's an X factor. I am interested in seeing, I know, I know I saw a story on Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't, I think he hasn't traveled like, uh, North of Virginia Virginia or something in his life like that. Is that it? Yeah. He said North of Virginia. Yeah. So, uh, that guy, I mean, playing in the cold is a lot, a lot, a lot different. I'm I'm actually I'm actually surprised uh, BC's getting Clemson up here this late in the year. You would think the ACC would kind of do their uh, flagship team a favor and be like, let's not send Clemson up north late in the year. Like, let's try and make it as easy for them as possible. Because um, another another stat I had found is um, the the, the uh, BC's been in the ACC for. God, I want to say, and someone will kill me on this for Twitter for getting it wrong, but I want to say like 14 or 15 years or yeah, something. Yeah, it was 2000, uh, 2004 they got in. Okay, all right, so I was right on that. But, yep. um, I, I, you know, I went, I went right before the Miami game, I went through their schedule, like historic schedule, because I was like, this feels weird that they have so many home games late in the year, and um, my thoughts were not wrong. This was, This was the second time – that they've had three games or later at home um, after October 17th. So basically what that says is since they got in the ACC, the, the, the conference is like, wait a minute, we're not, we're not going to let you have this big home field advantage of playing in the cold. We're, you're going to get your home games early in the year, and we're only going to send someone up there once or twice after mid-October. And guess what? This is one of the years they let that happen. They gave, they gave BC uh, – some some tough home games outdoors late in the year against Miami and Clemson. They certainly did them a favor. Um, they did it in a year where BC is is stacked with talent on the roster. They did it in a year where the rest of the ACC is pretty much down. So, you know, BC has a little easier sledding of things overall in the conference. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now where it's kind of like the perfect storm is lining up here for the Eagles and 
you can only hope that uh, a win over Clemson kind of kind of caps off all these things that are kind of falling in their favor so far this year. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. Um, I think it brought some good points. You know, it's going to be interesting to see the first time Trevor Lawrence goes down in that on that you know cold alumni stadium turf, and you know how it affects his throws. I mean, the ball. You know, you hear guys like Tom Brady say it all the time that when it's cold the ball feels differently. It comes out differently. You know, it feels, it's got to, it feels harder. Um, and obviously hits are going to, you know, in the cold feel a lot harder. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Clemson reacts to that. Um, you know, their last two losses are against Northern teams, you know, Syracuse and, and Pitt, I think are their last two, well, last two non-bowl losses. Um, so I think it's a big game. I, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how BC comes out. I, you know, if they fall behind quick, it's going to get ugly. But I think if BC can kind of, you know, take a few punches and kind of, you know, rally like they have all year, they can really, you know, make this a game. And I, I think that's all BC fans really want to see. They obviously want to see a win. But, you know, I think most of us would be kind of satisfied if they could actually, you know, keep keep up with Clemson and make this a, a game on national television. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think that's that's all you can hope for is that, uh, they get a good crowd for game day, so nothing goes embarrassing with that. They they get a good crowd. I mean, it's sold out. They're obviously going to get a good crowd, but the crowd's into it. The team plays close. Adazio doesn't make any boneheaded decisions late in the game, and uh, you just hope they hold their own. And uh, you know, you don't you don't have to mostly so you don't have to hear the same old crap from uh, people in the office or on. EI or whatever, like, oh, it's same old BC. That's what you you don't want to hear all week. Yeah. I was actually, I had an interview on uh, uh, Sirius ACC earlier this week with uh, Riley Skinner and um, Chris Spatulo, or I think his name was. Uh, That's the old Wake Forest quarterback? Yeah, I was was actually talking to him about his time coming to BC at different points. He had no idea. It was really funny. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of fans here listening probably remember the time Riley Skinner was with Wake Forest. He had some good games against BC, but he was talking to me about, he had no idea about BC's tailgating policy. And uh, he said, he remembered the time that he came to BC and they had a 10 foot high speaker in front of the student section. So it would amplify the sound coming out of them and sound like an actual student section. I, he asked me if they still had that. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen man, that. That's pretty sad. Um, yeah, you can. If you're interested in hearing that interview with him, I think it's up for the next couple of days. On uh, if you have the, the uh, SiriusXM app, you can look up uh, Sirius ACC on the on the on the app and find like on demand episodes. So it's a pretty good interview. I was on there for about 20 minutes. If you are looking for that, so Eric, let's uh, finish off with some plugs. We always do this. Uh, you can catch uh, me on Twitter at BC Hysteria. Eric is at EJ Hofsis. Uh, the main site is at BC Interruption, and it's uh, a lot of football talk. Our hockey friends, now that the BC football is doing well, are all in on uh, talking BC football again, which is nice to have them back. Um, we have our Instagram po- um, account, which is at BC underscore Interruption. Um, I'm usually the guy running that, so if you if you like my sense of humor or don't like my sense of humor and want to tell me I'm an asshole, you can go on Instagram and check that out. Um, you can check Eric's um barbecue company at, at hoffa bbq eric are you doing any uh you have any upcoming events for that coming up got the public ones just some uh private ones but feel free to uh follow me and uh and uh 
Tell tell your friends about me, please. Yeah, we got to get you. We got to get an event Shameless where we can all go and try. Yeah, out we need a barbecue. we need a BCI uh, tailgate, and I'll bring all the food. Oh, that that'd be amazing. You can check him out at Hoffa BBQ on Instagram. Uh, you can check out Facebook. You know, at uh, BC Interruption. Um, anyway, so uh, game day is Saturday. You know, followed by the game in the evening. Hopefully, BC can somehow pull off a win. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about B, uh, BC, the BC Clemson game, and look ahead to uh, the dumpster fire that is Florida State, um, who is just getting their heads kicked in every week right now, um, and really not not playing all that well. But you can never count them out because they're Florida State. Uh, so we'll be back next week to talk about that. And um, you know, obviously, check us out on on um, on BC Interruption. We'll have our final thoughts and predictions up tomorrow. Um, I have a special guest. Uh, returning on um, my final thoughts. If you know who that is, uh, definitely chime in. Um, you'll see that, and you'll see all sorts of you know if, thoughts and analysis all week long. So this is AJ Black. I'm here with uh, Eric Hostis, and we're signing off. Thank you guys for uh, following. Make sure you uh, share and like and subscribe, and tell all your BC friends about BC Interruption Radio. We really appreciate all of you who listen. So as always, thank you guys, and Go Eagles!